Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Packers game, looking ahead towards the trade deadline, and then wrapping things up with a look at the division, and specifically looking at the Chargers decline and what the Chiefs look like without Mahomes. But first things first, and uh, you know, I kind of hate asking this question to you, Jose, after a loss, but uh, how are we doing? Uh, well, like I told you right before in our pre-show, I'm feeling great because I just beat my, my boy who was uh, trash-talking me supposedly behind my back in our fantasy league. <laughs> so uh, that kind of brightened my day very well. Um, the morning, though, not so well for obvious reasons. What would happen? I don't know what you're talking about. I blacked it out. Oh, you know, Derek Carr lost the game. <laughs> Incoming triggered fans yeah. in three, two, one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny when we were texting before the game, before we were about to record, you know, he brought up the question of who's more to blame? And I'm curious for your take first, because I kind of have a lot to say about this. You know, who's more to blame? Are you putting this more on the defense or on Carr? Between who's to blame and today's just ugly loss to the Packers, Derek Carr, the defense, that has to be Derek Carr. I mean, we already know how sub not even subpar how garbage the Raiders defense is more or less I'm sure that I mean in moments they come in like in pretty clutch moments it can produce in spurts but consistency is not there um it's at this point it's expected that the defense is supposed to be the Achilles heel of this team which increases the pressure on Gruden the offense and Derek Carr and the fact that Carr overall played a solid game. However, he's going to – his mistakes that swung the balance so dramatically should and does overshadow what he did. I mean, there's no there's no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, I know people want to point out, would the defense let up 42 points? But once again, I just can't help but think, like, well, we already knew how weak of the defense was. You know, the secondary has been whatever – the pass rush has been non-existent once again. Uh, Cleveland Farrell coming back out there. I mean, he's continuing to prove my narrative. Was he's he not an impact player. Yeah, was, was he there? I mean, you're yeah. pretty much throwing out Casper the Ghost out there on defensive end. And I know we had BD on to try to, like, it, maybe it wasn't ideal to draft in the top five because he's more so a run, a run defender. But, I mean, still, at some points, he needs to, he needs to come and uh, prove his worth. Yeah, I know it's early. I know it's early, uh, but I'm still I'm just talking in the moment right now. Through the six games is what he's played, and six games where we played, we already knew this defense was bad, and thus Derek Carr, this loss falls on you. I mean, I swear to God, man, the odds of him fumbling the ball across the pylon again, the exact yeah. same way, the exact same mm-hmm. side. Uh, what were the odds of that? I thought I would never see something like that again, and sure enough, two years later, two years later, we see that. So not only does he take away six on that end, you you threw you gave away another six to allow Aaron Rodgers to go down the field. So that is a 14-point swing right there on top of the uh, the end zone interception you threw to Darren Waller or attempted to throw to Darren Waller that you gave. So pretty much 21-point swings, and I'm pretty sure the Raiders lost by how many? 
18 points. Oh, that's right. So Derek cost them 21 points. I understand the defense led up 42 and Derek giving up 21. But, I mean, if you're giving up 21 and you're only putting up 24 as an offense, then that's not that's not going to be conducive to winning football. I mean, once again, Derek Carr played a solid game, but those mistakes supersede dramatically, I believe, to why this game was lost. And so it 100% falls on him. Yeah, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. You know, I definitely I get what you're talking about, and I'll get onto my take on Carr in a little bit. You know, I'm a little hesitant hesitant to put the entire blame on Carr. You know, I th- I think if I'm gonna blame it, I would probably blame it maybe 60% on the defense and 40% on Carr. You know, like you mentioned, you know, for me, you, you can't give up 42 points in a por- perfect quarterback rating. Right. And scores on six out of eight of drives and expect to and still expect to win. Like that's just even if Derek Carr avoids his two mistakes, you know I think that's going to be hard to overcome. And granted, the momentum uh, that they that the Packers gained didn't help any either what either. But I also think the two possessions that Green Bay didn't score were more a result of the Packers defense or the Packers offense just shooting themselves in the foot more than the Raiders or than the Raiders defense actually stopping them. And to me, I mean. Paul Gunther just got his ass kicked by Aaron Rodgers. It looked like they were trying to, to, to disguise coverage, and it just didn't work. I mean, you're not going to throw something at Rodgers that's going to confuse a guy at this point right. or something that he's not seen. You know, but but I hear what you're saying where Carr's got to make up for um, some deficiencies on the roster. Transitions well to my little rant, if you will, about Derek Carr. And, I mean, last week I talked about, you know, the bipolarness as a Raider fan, if you will, <laughs> when it comes to Derek Carr. And I think this game is a perfect example. You know, I thought Carr was fantastic in the first half. And I even tweeted about it. So I guess blame me. I'm the jinx. I'm the problem. Um, But then he has the fumble that was a 14-point swing, like you mentioned before halftime. And then the pick that basically ended any hopes of a comeback, any hopes of a backdoor comeback from there forward. And it's funny, you know, I texted our friend Chris after the game. And I said, for probably like 50-plus plays or whatever it was, I thought Carr played great, but yep. the guy just cannot seem to avoid those one or two plays that ultimately gives the other team momentum, like you're talking about, and so ultimately sway the game. Now, I'm not going to say that it's all on Carr. Like I already said, you know, the defense, I think, has a lot to blame. And I think, you know, there was a lot of adversity, obviously, with facing Carr with Trent Brown out, having a depleted receiving core. But at some point, you need him to overcome that. And, I mean, you look at the other side of the ball – and you see Aaron Rodgers was out without Devontae Adams and was basically left with a bunch of scrubs at receivers moving forward. And the guy goes out and has a perfect quarterback rating and has one of the best games he's ever played, which is saying a lot for Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers. And it's like at some point with Derek or with your franchise quarterback, you want to be able to turn to your best offensive player and say, hey, we're screwed. We're facing a lot of adversity in this game. We need you to be great and overcome this. And right now he's proving that he's not that guy. Right now, he's not proving that he's going to be that guy that can overcome all the deficiencies on your roster. And, you know, obviously, this is getting way far down the road, and we're not going to be, uh, be able to answer this question. But when it comes to nut cutting time and it comes to extending him, it's like, do I really want to pay this guy top quarterback money when he can't overcome the deficiencies that we've seen? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to gamble on the draft? Obviously, that's a question that I'm bringing up that will be answered in the offseason. But it's, it's prevalent because, I mean, both you and I and Carr, or both you and I feel that like Carr that this is a prove it year for him and it's not looking too good. You know, it's again, it's that the two game swing, the two games of good Carr, two games of bad Carr. Yeah. And, 
you know, unfortunately, those two plays cost him this week. And um, you mentioned when you were starting out your points about, I mean, giving him 42 points, I mean, he's almost in not not an impossible situation, but obviously it's a insane uphill climb he has to do. But it shouldn't be shocking, once again, just because of what I said. It, the defense is the Achilles heel of the team. And when they also were going against Aaron Rodgers, all right? <laughs> this is like <laughs> yeah. top three quarterback in the league. So for them, we already knew. That's that's why I, I can't, I'm going to keep hammering this point the whole episode. We already know this defense is not good. They're not great. They're bad. <laughs> so why yeah. are we shocked that the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, dropped 42 points on him? Just because Devontae Adams was, oh, my God, imagine Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison even played. <laughs> they did that without them. And incoming next week, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and such. Um, yeah, uh, do the little cross, little prayer real quick for them. Um, but yeah, it's, that's why I'm, that's why I believe it's like it's it's really bad that I'm that we have to expect that we should treat it as a norm. You know, it's 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 a little bad th- that we do have to view it that way, and that's pretty much how I am. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's acceptable, nor should it be, but let's just call it for what it is this season. There, this defense is the worst aspect of this team. And they are not going to be able to have a dramatic turnaround. Maybe a, some improvements here and there, but in terms of dramatic turnaround, no. So that's why I'm saying let's expect they should be expected to be bad, and that's why it falls on Carr. I mean, we already knew that it was it was probably going to be a gunslinging show out, and he let 21 points get out of hand. It might have been the drive where he where they had the fourth down turnover on downs, which is Josh Jacobs, when Derek had Darren Waller on a straight seam route. Straight line had him. He didn't lead him. He he not only kind of underthrew him a little bit, but made him yeah, go back him. to his behind him. Yeah, that, I mean, you hit him in stride, man. He's having that problem. So I know, you, I know it's, the numbers are going to show that he's good in deep passes, and and that's what I've been getting into a little argument with some fans lately is about his deep passing. Um, in that case, it's going to look good in the numbers. But, yeah, that should have gone for more, though, because if he hits him on the numbers and lets him keep walking, then that's a touchdown. That's that's You're saving time on your drive for them to come back. And, I mean, it's just little minor things like that that, like, dictate the game. And just like with the fumble, just like with his turnover and that, there's, like, very little things to nitpick. And I know it's kind of sucks to be like, well, you can't really, you know, refer to, like, three plays of his that cost the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can because it's the quarterback position. Quarterback heavily influences the game of how well, how bad you play. And if obviously if Carr is playing bad, then they automatically lose. But the only reasons why they've won or have had a chance is because he's been playing really solid in, in every single win. And in the games that they lose, you know, today, overall, it looks good. But it was just those moments that were just enough just to sway the tide. And it just it just was a point of no return. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, as far as hanging on the few plays that he does perform poorly on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like I said, you know, I, I have a feeling if we were to go, go through every single play, every single throw, there are going to be more throws than not that we're like, damn, that's a good play by Carr. The problem mm-hmm. is, like you're saying, those two turnovers that cost that were costly and then not putting the ball exactly where it needs to be on Waller to help set up a touchdown. It, and that's what makes, I think, Carr so polarizing and so difficult to really evaluate is more times than not, he's going to be bad. But when it is the not, it's really bad. And right. it's just like, it's that gunslinger mentality and, you know, Moving forward, I guess the biggest thing is how much can Gruden take? How much, you know, fluidity can Gruden uh, withstand and whatnot? 
So I just want to do my final points just on, just on this. I, I want to make it clear. I'm, I'm not by any stretch saying Derek Carr sucks. All right. I think he's been playing overall in the season pretty solid, you know, and in the wins that in the games that they've won, he's been great. And in the games that they lost, you know, other than this one, because there was just a few plays, it's kind of hard just to teeter that way. Um, but yeah, I'm by no means saying already he's not the guy of the future or man, he needs to do more. Cause you know, considering how he's playing without real, without even wide receivers, essentially the, yeah. the, the offense, the offense of the Raiders has been done amazing. John Gruden's man, dude, the way he's been play calling this season is like so dramatic from last season. It's just the way he's just drawn up plays, getting all his wide receiver. I mean, tight ends open. I mean, Foster Moreau, man. How did we fail yeah. to even mention him on our episode last week? But that was just <laughs> because after, I mean, man, that guy's the second most valuable rookie next to Josh Jacobs. Then after that follows Max Crosby, which once again, it's pretty sad, you know, Cleveland Farrell. But <laughs> we already know I'm hitting yeah. that too much of the, of the nail on the head. But yeah, p- point is for me. Did he cost his game? Yes, I think I think it's 100% on him. He has time to correct forward. Houston's defense has been looking inconsistent, so maybe he can like carve them up. Um, but let's let's just see how it goes from here. Right now, he I, he's in good standing, I think. But this is some game he really needs to shake off and trying to turn around, especially for what we're talking about for our next topic. You know, Patrick Mahomes is injured. He's out for a few games, if not longer. There's an opening. There's an open window right now, and the L.A. Chargers. Man, this, they are just looking garbage. It's just they're just too, too many injuries to try to overcome in their situation. So it feels like it's such a prime opportunity for the Raiders to just take advantage of and try to make a run. But after seeing this game, uh, but yeah. but maybe there's something in the works for what we're about to talk about right now, actually. Right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I tweeted it out before the game. You know, I felt like this was a must win. Obviously, it didn't go that way. Because of the Mahomes injury, you know, I felt like going into – Going into next week where it's the first real game that the uh, Chiefs would have to play without Mahomes, being down a half game versus a game and a half was huge. But, you know, that's the thing. That's the silver lining of this all of, you know, the Chiefs are, are expected to regress. You know, I, 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 you know, personally, I think Andy Reid's a good enough coach to keep them, you know, floating around 500 with Matt Moore. Not the record overall, but specifically with Matt Moore. But, you know, the and that is the silver lining of, all is not lost, you know, if they still want to go out and make a run for the playoffs, you know, they, they still have a chance because got to think the Chiefs are going to drop a couple more games. They've already were on a slide going into that before the Mahomes injury. Luckily, they got to play the Broncos on Thursday who don't know how to play offense. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're obviously still in command of the division up a game and a half. But yeah, I mean, not all is lost. And then you look at the Chargers, the Chargers look like absolute garbage. The debacle they had in in that last possession was almost hilarious just to watch um on the other end when i was watching that on red zone but yeah yeah, i mean the raiders are still within striking distance despite today's game and you know the the beautiful thing is after the texans i think their schedule eases up a little bit but you know i think if this game wasn't a must win if i'm off and saying that it's a must win next week is you know i i think you know, I, I think I said it last week where if they won one of these two games on the road, I think they're a playoff contender or a legit playoff mm-hmm. contender. And I think that still holds true. But obviously next week's going to be a tough deal, too. I mean, like you said, they've got a perfect opportunity in front of them. And that's why um, transitioning to our next topic about what we saw this morning, our boy Adam Schefter 
tweeting out that the Raiders are actually trying to get into the trade market. Shocker, shocker, with considering what, like we said, <laughs> the prime opportunity they have in front of them. Um, trading, being in that market looks a little less ideal now after today's loss. Had they won it, it would have been so much more tempting. But I feel like no matter what position they're in, John Green is going to want to trade. But should they trade? I mean, they said they're in the they're in the market for a linebacker, and coincidence, a pass rusher. Shocker. Hey, they're hard um, to find. Yeah, very hard to find. But in terms of should they go after, should they do it or not? I mean, they probably should because they're those two positions or position groups are severely lacking and are clearly the reason why that defense has just been really off-putting. I mean, if anything, if anything, if they're going to be in the market, be in the market for a pass rusher. Because seeing so many of these top defenses in the league right now, their second, even if they don't have, a, even if they have a shaky secondary, it's masked by the pass rush because obviously less time to cover and they do so much. So I, in terms of availability, I'm not even sure who's even out there in terms of edge rusher. But should they do one? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think I would be I wouldn't be totally against it. Yeah, why not? You know, improve your defense with getting a pass rusher. It just depends. You know, the typical answer for right value. Is Mike Mayock or is Gruden not going to care and he's going to, like, throw so much capital out there? Uh, I'm not even sure who they can look into, to be honest, Matt, about what they're talking about for market because there hasn't been any rumors about linebackers and edge rushers out there for availability unless perhaps there's some losing teams out there that are looking to offload. I mean, I'm not really sure where they could go for, um, but if – considering the opportunity they have, I think they probably should go for it and just trade for one. They def- they desperately need a boost in that defense. Yeah. I mean, I, from a perspective of this season, I, I, I think I see where you're coming from. You know, um, I guess I'm looking at it as I don't see this team as being a player away, whether that be a pass rusher, a linebacker, a corner, a wide receiver right. or whatnot. So with that in mind, you know, I'd like to see them just kind of, stay quiet during the trade deadline and hold on to the draft picks. Now, part of that too is, you know, typically when I think, I think about about it like a GM and, you know, I'm a big draft guy. I've mentioned that before where, you know, I kind of like the unknown. I'll trust my scouts and try and find a gem in the draft. Um, so with that, I would like them, with them not being one player away and having the draft capital they have, I'd like to see them kind of hold on to their draft picks and just kind of play this year out, play with the guys you got going and see where that gets you. You know, I said in the beginning of the season, I didn't think they were a playoff team. Um, you know, I, I'm still not convinced that they're a playoff team, even though they do yeah. have a chance. So with that, you know, I'm very hesitant. To, I'd be very hesitant to make any trades. But if they are, you know, I think what you're saying is 100% true with uh, an edge rusher. You know, I'd like to. that's the one position I would like to see them go get. For a couple reasons. One, obviously, it's a huge need. And two, you know, I think where the Raiders end up falling, I have a feeling, unless the Bears end up going way down the slide and sliding down, um, you know, I think the Raiders are going to be end up picking in the in the teens around there or outside mm-hmm. of the top 10. So I think guys like Chase Young or A.J. Espenza, probably butchering that last name, the guy out of Iowa, you guys know who I'm talking about. You know, I think guys <laughs> like them are... Uh, they're not going to be around when they're picking. So I could, I could get on board for a trade for an edge rusher. You know, again, you know, I don't know how many of them are on the market. The one guy that I could think of that I've heard rumors about in the last week is Vic Beasley. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But the problem with Vic Beasley is he's on the last year of his rookie deal. So 
okay, you're going to trade for them to go all in on this year when, you know, we're talking about them being a fringe playoff team. They're far from a Super Bowl contending team. And then you have the problem of, okay, Vic Beasley, we get him in at the end of the season. Well, now what do we do with him? Are we going to resign him? Are we going to pour a bunch of money into him that he's probably going to get? Or are we just going to take him as a rental? And if he's a rental with the way I see this team going, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, as far as going for a wide receiver, I'd really like to see them stay away. You know, I think the Stephon Diggs uh, trade rumors are dead at this yeah, point, especially with the big day. You know, maybe a guy like Devontae Parker, who maybe you can get for a mid to late round pick, might be worth kicking the tires on. But I just love this receiving core, or the receiving, or these receivers coming out in the draft that I, I just, I've been adverse the whole time since the beginning of the Stephon Diggs rumors where the Raiders trading for a wide receiver. You know, I think there are plenty of guys in this upcoming draft that they could snag with a, a teen's pick and be able to get a yeah. one receiver. Thing is, they need to keep stop. They need to stop trying to answer their their wide receiver position in so many like key critical positions just with band aids and free agency. I mean, I know there there's some answers and some supplemental players in there, but it's not all there. I mean, look, Namarcus Joyner hasn't been doing so too hot this season. I mean, he's had a couple of like nice standout games, but overall he hasn't been great. He's not been worth the money he's been paid. And Tyler Williams just can't get on the field, and hopefully it's not long-term with the, what is it, the planter? The planter, I can't even pronounce planter it. The fasciitist. Yeah. Oh, look who can't pronounce words now. I don't even know how it's spelled. That's why I couldn't <laughs> even pronounce it. But, yeah, those are that's an injury that is you cannot rehab. So that's already a bad sign. And not saying he's a bad signing. It's just, wow, what a crappy luck for this team and their wide receivers. I mean, just imagine if A.B. didn't go AWOL. And he actually yeah. was still here. How much good this offense was. I mean, AB is really an idiot. He really could have been part, still been getting fed heavy. And this team could have at least, I think this team, they would have won today. But the point is that that's, that's, that's water on the bridge. Well, yeah. well, well, water on the bridge. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving an example. Look, look at what, look what all these, all these additions you keep doing through trades and free agent, free agent signings and haven't been working too well. Um, I just hope to God I do not see them trade for AJ Green because that's going to be a very like that's going to be very mind boggling. No, no, unless you're a contender, no one should be touching AJ Green. But would that but not be a huge Gruden move? You get a that would be a huge Gruden move. That's why I think that would happen. And not only that, um, Vic, in terms of Vic Beasley and what they they're saying they're in the market for, he hasn't been great since their Super Bowl run. I mean, he's been solid. But, I mean, you're going to trade capital for a rental, and, and depending on how much you give up and how high, that means you are going to extend them, which is cool. You have, like, a solid player, but you still you still need answers there. I mean, even – I just don't see – I just hope they stay away from Vic Beasley, man. It's just he, – he just hasn't been it. And it feels like if we're going to give up all this capital for him, but once again, you let Mac go. I mean, I understand yeah, you know, you're able to free up some money – you were able to, you know, what's what they're saying now, you're able to free up some money that you can give to Trent Brown and you drafted Josh Jacobs. So maybe it's okay if they do go for a little more. But Vic Beasley, I mean, ah, there's no answers out there to do trade, man. I mean, you're like you said, like they're, they're not one player away. But then again, that doesn't mean they shouldn't they shouldn't close their eyes and just, you know, yeah, let's just be negligent about it and not try to get this side better. It's just there's gotta be smart about it. And I hope Mike Mayock is control of it because I'm tired of seeing Gruden make those type of <laughs> trade calls in the markets because He's so out of the loop of it. So in terms of trades, yeah, sure, go for it. Just please, please don't let Gruden be in charge of it and do not <laughs> for AJ Green unless somehow it's like a six-round pick or something like that. But 
in terms of that, everyone else is going to be a rental. I mean, no one's going to trade away players who will have like a year or two left in their contract. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the majority of teams who are seeking for trades right now are teams that are legit playoff and Super Bowl contenders. Not to say that the Raiders aren't a playoff contender at this point, but I don't think they're a legit Super Bowl contender. Hell no. I'd love to see them make the playoffs and take advantage of potentially depleted Chiefs and a depleted division just because we haven't seen a whole lot of playoff teams. Yeah, but, the Chargers were supposed to be so so good. We, we yeah. expected them. I mean, once again, injuries happen, so that's too – I wouldn't expect anyone to overcome that. Maybe the hoodie could have yeah. overcome that. But, yeah, in terms of right now, it's like they they kind of have a golden opportunity and a, and a good part of that opportunity got washed away when they lost today. And it's just yeah. – uh, that's, and it was a gut-crunching one because you really want them to go out there and at least make a playoff run in the final year at Oakland just just for the memory of it and it being special and send it off on, like, a good note. Yeah. And also, it's, it's actually fun to watch good football. I mean, <laughs> today overall wasn't bad. I mean, other than the defense, defense was horrendous. Yeah. But once again, I feel like, like I said, it's to be expected, and that's why they're in the market to look for someone. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head where – had they won today, I would be probably singing a different tune, probably a little bit more trading for someone because, you know, I think they have a better chance like we were talking about. But ultimately, you know, not doing anything to prove that you're a playoff contender before the trade deadline to me makes me adverse for making any yeah. trades. Yeah. Yeah. And even Vic Tafer said it himself, too, his next two games, I think including today. Today's Packers game, well, they lost now, where it was going to be a huge indicator of whether they're buyers or, or whether they're involved or, or whether they're involved in the tr- in the trade deadline or not. That makes it so much more enticing and makes more sense to trade yeah. for one. But in terms of trade, make the right call. All right, we've been talking about it a little bit, but let's do a little preview of next week versus the Texans. So when you look at this game, you know, I think there's the obvious situation of Deshaun Watson's a hell of a player. The biggest efficiency on the uh, Texans' offense is their offensive line, which obviously he's able to able to uh, overcome with his feet from time to time. So, I mean, this could be another could be another shootout because you know the Texans' defense has been giving up quite a bit of points in the last few weeks. So I'm curious what your your thoughts are for next week. I don't uh, the Texans' offensive line unless. Actually, I want to look it up right now in terms of how much pressure and sacks Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson saw today against the Indianapolis Colts. Because prior to this, prior to today's game, the last two weeks, he he was kept upright, relatively clean, and look, he was able to go off. So as I'm looking at it, he was sacked three times today. Okay, it's not that's not solid. That you would really want Watson, who's been suffering by pressure since he's entered the league. But then again, he was playing against a good Colts team on the road. Um, Watson did not have an ideal game today. So right now he's probably going to be very, very infuriated and wants to come fire back next week against a Raiders team that he's going to have his way with for sure, man. I just, there's no pass rush. You have DeAndre Hopkins. They have no one who can keep, not even in check. They have no one who can even, somewhat limit deandre hopkins once again gary conley is looking like a piece of dog poo i mean straight up he's been horrendous never have i been so wrong on a player before like him i don't i don't know what it is it's it's not really a technique thing the guy is just 
the guy is just bad. He's not making right decisions, and it, it's it's hard to for him to come back from this whole this narrative now, all this hype that I propped up for him, and it's just straight doo doo. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if how they can take advantage. I mean, first and foremost, the identity of the Raiders have been officially gave themselves by heavy run attack and some nice uh, route running concepts and pass plays. The offense is not the problem. It's just, once again, if Derek Carr doesn't make those mistakes today, they have a very good shot of winning. So pretty much stay the course of what you've been doing. Look at what look at what the weaknesses of what you see the Texans are doing and make adjustments in game. Um, one of the weaknesses, like you said, is the offensive line, which it looks like it, 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 it rose up again today. And that's not something they're really going to be able to take advantage of because the Raiders have mm-hmm. no one worth for pass rush. I mean, I'm sure they'll make a little noise in some spurts, but... Ah, it's kind of hard to see what they're going to do. I mean, control the clock is the best thing to do to keep yeah. Watson and Hopkins away from doing damage to your defense. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think, you know, you're, you're right. I don't see how the Raiders are going to stop the Texans on offense, which is a little bit what I was hinting at where, you know, I think it's going to have to be a shootout because even if you stop DeAndre Hopkins, well, Will Fuller, Kiki Cootie, and uh, who was that guy? Kenny Stills from... Uh, mm-hmm. Miami, you know, there are no slouches either. And they've got a pretty good running back coming out of the backfield, Duke Johnson, and then um, Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde, Hyde. beasting. Yeah, so I offensively, I'm with you. You know, they're, the weakness of the Texans matches up with the weakness of the Raiders, so that's kind of advantage for them. You know, I think the biggest thing that they're going to have to do is I was looking at it, uh, their pro football focus rankings for coverage – you know, the Texans struggle in coverage. They're one of the bottom tier teams in um, PFF's grading system. So I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, we're yeah. going to have to see Carr, you know, whether it's fair or not, we're going to have to see Carr put up like three, 400 yards and a few touchdowns and avoid the two plays that we were talking about in the beginning of the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of what we were talking, what you were talking about where you knew the defense was going to be bad going into it. You know, I think it's going to be a similar case situation where, He's going to have to play a pretty much perfect game. Whether that's fair or not, that's up for your judgment. But especially if Tyrell's out, I mean, I hopefully he's back. Defensively. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he's back. But, you know, with how the Texans offense matches up against the Raiders defense, Carr's going to have to be damn near perfect. Yeah, and hopefully he's back. Hopefully Zay Jones is able to get implemented yeah, this week. And um, Trent, Trent Bound comes back. I mean, the Texans don't have, you know, J.J. Watts to shell of himself, though he is still – Still somewhat least. of an impactful player. Um, if Trent Brown comes back, then cool. Then that that way they can try to lean a little bit more towards spreading him out. Although that's not really what the Raiders offense really does, even though that's the ideal Derek Carr offense. What they're doing right now is fine. They don't really need to make yeah. some serious adjustments or anything. Just play yeah. smart, take care of the football, man. Do not shoot yourselves in the foot because you cannot overcome that because your defense is not going to make <laughs> enough stops. They'll make a little yeah. bit here and there. But, you know, against talented offenses is when they get exposed. They can kind of compete against average offenses, like the Colts. I mean, the Colts aren't an average offense, but that game they were since they were down so many key players. Just try to take advantage. Yeah, because in terms of the secondary, the te- that's, that's all I was going to allude to next is their secondary is not even that that hot, really. They're, they're really lacking in terms no, of depth. No. They don't really have a shutdown corner. You know, it's all been a shell of themselves, too, compared to what they used to be a couple years ago. And so that's definitely something they can take advantage of. Um, and hopefully Tyrell Williams comes back, man, because they definitely need – that's definitely like another touchdown right there. It's better mismatches and how you can create in terms of play calling for John Gruden and 
it, that's it's. I'm just really really happy to see the way John Gruden is running the offense, man. He's yeah. been a clinic. He's been in his bag, man. He's one of the more underrated play callers right now, and and I have so much faith in him and him devising a play. And talk about how he's playing outside of the first quarter. You know, when we talk about opening drives, he's he's great. But adjustments, he's been terrible. He's been trying. He's been starting to like dwindle, sober up that narrative lately, and I'm loving it. He's learning and he's trying to improve himself, improve the offense. And ah, in terms of if they can win this game, I don't, I don't think so, man. Even if you tell me Tyrell Williams is back, they get all these players back. I there's a chance, you know, it's all is not lost. But I think I'm gonna have to. It's, I think I'm just gonna have to go with the Texans right in this game. If I'm thinking at the score, I think the Texans definitely dip into the 30s. I think the Raiders finally get close to 30, but not there yet. It's like 28, maybe like a 28-35 game, somewhat favor the Texans. But uh, it's it's not a lock that they're gonna lose. The Raiders do have a shot, but it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Do not shoot yourselves in the foot and just light up the score, control the clock, do what you've been doing. And hopefully the defense gets more than actually gets some stops. I mean, they're not yeah. playing Aaron Rodgers this week, but Deshaun Watson is no slouch either. Yeah. Matter of fact, he's been thrown around in MVP conversations. So the spread right now, according to ESPN, is six and a half Houston. You taking the Raiders or are you taking Houston? If we're doing six and a half, oof. <sighs> Give me the points. I'll get that plus six and a half. I'll take okay. those. Taking the points. Yeah, because then if. if I think the Raiders can keep it within a score. If the very worst, get a little garbage touchdown like they did today. So that's another thing we didn't talk about. It really wasn't 24 to 42. It was more like 17 yeah. to 42 because of that little garbage touchdown. But I digress. So it'll, it'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, Darren Waller's been on a tear. Foster Moreau, that's, they have probably the best duo of tight ends. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they commit adjustments. But it's going to be on the offense. And the huge X factor on the defense if they can actually make some adjustments against some stops. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I kind of like taking the points in that situation. You know, I, I think you're right. I think Easy. it could be a, be a three-point game, you know, like a 38-35 kind of deal. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. That just about does it for us this week. Jose, where can the good people find you? At Jay Sanchez SI. Get at me, people. All right. You can find me on Twitter at, at mholder 95 Follow the pod if you're not already at SweetFly. Got the email set up if you guys will have any topics you want to hear. FlySweetPod at gmail.com. Give us those five-star reviews wherever you listen. Until next week. Hey, loves it. <laughs>